I would literally eat like four or five avocados in a sitting coconut manna, eat the whole jar of my body. I was craving fat so much. And um, I'm glad that I did that because it allowed me to become a little bit more fat adapted early on. So when I went full carnivore, it wasn't as crazy as a transition as some people are used to, but it did take a good few months when I finally cut everything out. Before I get into this video, please go subscribe to my new channel, Carnivore Camaraderie Clips. And if you're interested in doing a consultation with me, either 30 minutes or 60 minutes, you can click the link in the description to my website and go book it there. Thanks and enjoy the video. Hey James, how's it going? Great, Joey. How you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm really good. Yeah, back at home for the weekend, so it's always nice. Just I don't have to rent to like one of the private rooms at UCLA. I could just do it in my room. So nice, very very comfortable, very nice. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited to uh, to talk to you. You um you are one of the longer term plant based people that I've ever spoken to in my life or had on the channel. You were vegan, you know, pescatarian for decades, twenty plus years, and then you went vegan for six years. And you saw that, said that your health really started declining, declining in like the fifth year about then, you know, you go keto and now you've been relatively strict carnivore for about six months and are experimenting with adding fruit and such, which is, you know, I've kind of on that a similar wave to a degree. And, you know, it's just, just the amount of benefits that you just described to me are just amazing. I mean, it's so amazing to see your, your digestion's better, no more blood in the stool, you said that you were 127 pounds at 6'2". I mean, that is insane to be at that uh, at such a you know, low level of weight. Your skin's better. You're, you're you're mentally clear. You have great energy levels, and your skin and your hair and nails, which were kind of receding, are coming back. And all all this is such uh, such great uh, results. And I'm excited to speak to you about how this came into fruition. Yeah, Joe. Thanks a lot. Um... I'm really excited to be here. First of all, any opportunity I get to share my story uh, to let people know that, you know, it is okay. You can transition from vegan and there are no police out there. Um, ultimately, you have to do what's best for you. And I firmly believe this way of eating is consistent with our ancestral eating. Um, I like to think myself as evidence of that and we'll get into it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I was a vegetarian slash pescatarian for decades, literally. And we can talk a little bit more about that in detail. And then went full vegan for about six years. In the fifth year, my health really started to fall off a cliff. Um, and again, we can talk about what exactly happened, what I noticed, um, sort of the things you highlighted were um, amongst the things I noticed. My hair was falling out. My skin and nails started to crack. My energy levels went down. My digestion started being worse. And the brain fog, uh, we can talk about the brain fog. It was unrelenting yeah. so much, so much so, Joy, that I had to stop my, my job for a while. I went on disability leave um, before the pandemic hit. And then I ended up losing the job, not because of that, but because of redundancy. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty crazy time for me at the beginning of the pandemic. Hmm. Great. I, I'd love to get into all that. But do you mind just sharing like you, just your your whole story starting from the beginning and how you got into plant-based dieting? Where did that all come from? Sure. So for your listeners that may not know, I'm here coming at you today from the beautiful island of Bermuda. Uh, we're not in the Caribbean that uh, like many people think we're out in the Atlantic Ocean. Our closest point of land is uh, Cape Hatteras, North Carolina, I think. So a lot of people think we're down in the Caribbean, but we're out in the Atlantic. Um, I was born and raised here. And back in the early to mid 80s, when the earth was cooling, as I like to say, I'm <laughs> feeling old now. Um, I just turned 50 for your listeners. I literally just turned 50 a couple of weeks ago. And um, I was dating a young lady at the time that was a vegetarian. And in the early 80s, that was quite something. Um, she She had been vegetarian for quite a period of time prior to me meeting her. And when we were dating, we were in the late years of high school and then early years of university. And it was just easier for us um, cooking wise, living together wise. Um, you know, at that time, there wasn't a lot of information out there, but certainly it seemed uh, healthier um, compared to what I was eating, which was a lot of processed foods. You know, I grew up um, in our household. We kind of were in that era where the food pyramid had changed and um, the US dietary guidelines had just changed. So all the saturated fats and everything were out, uh, George McGovern and what happened with Eisenhower from my parents. So I remember my grandparents, my grandmother cooking with, you know, roast beef and 
eggs and butter. And then my mom, who's still vegetarian to this day, I'm going to convince her yet, um, you know, made the switch to, I can't believe it's not butter, margarine, all these low fat foods. And because she was, she was a vegetarian, we didn't cook a lot of meat, albeit my dad would cook us some burgers from time to time. So it was a relatively easy transition for me because I'd been eating a lot of carbs, pastas and things up until that point. But yeah, it was initially because I was dating a girl at the time and it was easy. And yeah, that was, that was a story there. Okay. And how did you stick to it for so long? I mean, I get, I get the, the entrance into it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but how did you stay with it for so long? You know, I, once I finished university, I came back to Bermuda and got into the working world. I'm in insurance for, for those that don't know, um, and had been for quite some time. And I added back fish in, and I think the fish um, held me over for many years. I didn't back, add back any meats of any other kind, except for that. Um, I did have eggs from time to time. And, you know, I, I was a chunkier kid, Joey. I, I was a little overweight and teased a lot when I was in high school and transitioning to the diet, believe it or not, I, I lost a lot of weight um, initially. So it felt good. It was easy. Uh, again, uh, the, the girl I was dating back then continued to be a vegetarian because it was really starting to gain some traction in, in the 90s vegetarianism anyway, not veganism. Um, but it was relatively easy to maintain here, especially having access to fish like we do. So that's what happened there. Okay, got it. That, that makes some sense. And Okay. So, and then how, how did that uh, turn into veganism? So, yeah, I met my, my current wife and, you know, we both were interested in fitness and health. And uh, she actually was the one that sort of spurred me on to really dive deeper into looking at um, sort of animal cruelty and things of that nature. And we watched all the films that people talk about the forks over knives, cowspiracy, um, the game changers, and I, I have to admit, I, I fell for a lot of the propaganda-based stuff, hook, line, and sinker, and thought to myself, I didn't, didn't like the way this was going. There was a lot of talk of the at the time of climate change, you know, that was front and center. I think you remember Greta Thunberg when she came out, the young girl that they rolled out there to, uh, uh, you know, just make sure that everyone know that climate change was a real thing. Yeah. Um, uh, and... I was trying, we were both trying to do better for ourselves, our health and the planet. And we decided, you know what, being that we were eating relatively close to vegan at the time, it shouldn't be that hard or difficult to switch to a full on vegan diet. And we did so, so much so that my wife um, got her uh, full diploma in plant-based whole foods cooking from a culinary school and was a plant-based chef for a while. So we, we were eating really good whole foods, plant-based um, for quite some time. Hmm. Okay, I need to ask. I know this doesn't really fall in the timeline of your story, but is your oh, wife sure. is your wife still um like plant based? No, she is not. Great. Okay. No, okay. She's not. So, no, that's a good. You're the first person to ask the ask that question. And I'll answer. Yeah, she she is not. Um, okay. Yes. Awesome. She's 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 added meat back in, and the one of the main reasons was she saw my miraculous turnaround by adding those animal based foods back in, and you know she had noticed some things too, albeit not to my level creeping in that hadn't been there before, but she has not. And mm. she's actually, she's actually um, uh, really reaping the rewards herself as well. Cool. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people who end up going vegan because they think it's healthy for them yeah. have a huge potential to end up finding the right thing, which is animal-based because they're, you know, they're, you're open-minded enough to cut out all animal products. You're probably open-minded enough to, you know, add them back in at some point, assuming you're not doing it for ethical reasons and you're not super entrenched in that ideology and you're open to understanding, you know, the, the truth uh, per se so that, okay it. yeah so you, you mentioned how uh about five years into veganism your health starts to decline can you uh describe that for me like what did that look like sure but before we do that joe i just want to make one point because it's a good one when i first transitioned over from vegetarianism slash pescatarianism excuse me to veganism i felt really good it, um, you know, for the first couple of years, I was thriving pretty well. And I need to let people know that it wasn't all doom and gloom on the vegan diet. And I, I attribute that to because I was eating a lot of processed crap on the vegetarian diet. And, the you know, when I was eating fish um, and meeting my wife and, and knowing what you now know, her getting her certification in whole foods, plant based, we really ate a lot of good food, not processed store bought impossible burgers and things like that. So I did feel good for a time, but that will segue into 
you know, down the line, I started noticing some symptoms creeping in. We did um, supplement. So we were aware of the B12 deficiencies and, and other deficiencies that come along uh, with, with being vegan. Um, but the plant-based substitutes are never as good as the real thing, as we'll learn later on. Um, brain fog was the first thing that started to creep in. Um, I was at my job. I remember sitting, thinking one day I was typing away, putting some information in a spreadsheet and literally forgot what I was doing. I'm like, this is not right. I'm, what the heck? I, what's going on with my mind here? And I started forgetting things. It was almost like, I don't know if your your listeners can relate to whenever you've been on medicine and they you call it that balloon head feeling when you're on medicine for a cold or you have a cold, it was constant, that constant brain fog that was just unrelenting. And it started to worry me. Um, then my thyroid started acting up a little bit. I had a lot of swelling there. I went to get it checked out. I bounced around from hypothyroidism to eventually hyper. It was swinging both ways. And for, for people that haven't gone through that, that means when you're hypo, your digestion's going to slow down and hyper, it revs right up and you're losing weight. Um, and then the worst, the symptoms that I, that I experienced was the, the digestion, um, you know, eating so much fiber in the initial stages, I was pretty regular, but then as time drew on, I started to notice myself not going to the bathroom a couple of days that turned into a week that turned into longer to turned into stomach pain and bloating to then eventually blood in my stool, um, severe constipation and pain. Uh, my skin started then cracking. I remember looking at my fingers on, on and, and watching my skin crack and bleed. My nails were not growing any longer. My hair on my body was falling out. <laughs> I, I got really, really concerned, really concerned about what was going on. I was back and forth to my GP at the time um, and uh, wasn't getting a lot of definitive answers for sure. Hmm. And and what did they, did they think that it could have been the veganism or did they say, no, you know, you're eating the, the, the best diet that that's out there? You know, initially um, they did not, they, they said, yeah, you're eating the best diet that's out there. It's gotta be some autoimmune related issues that we're, we're not um, finding out about. So it was blood test after blood test that came back negative. Thank goodness. Um, and you know, they kept saying just, you know, this diet is the best one for you keep on eating it. It's, it's, you know, it's proven to be healthy. And, uh, I just continued to go downhill. Um, no matter how much I was eating, I was continuing to lose weight. I remember looking at the scale, I got down to 150, 130 and 120 and I went, oh, sorry, you know, 130, then 127, which was my absolute bottom pit there. I mean, I would run into friends of mine who literally would ask me if I was dying and I would, I would literally told them I felt like it and I didn't know what was wrong. I mean, the usual questions were, would arise. I, do you have something much more serious than you're letting on hair falling out, looking like a skeleton? I, I told them no, and I didn't know what was going on. And people at the time were telling me, and I know you're vegan, you got to stop that, you know, and I'm like, No, no, it's it's not that it's not that I've been to the doctor, I've been to the GP, this is this can't be it. And if you've, if any of your listeners have followed my Instagram, um, there's a quote I put on there, you know, if you're sitting on a nail, don't take an aspirin for the pain, get the hell off the nail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I just kept hammering that nail in Joey. And, and I'll, I'll tell you right now that the last straw for me was I found a physician who's still online um, who's touting using a plant-based way of eating for healing autoimmune issues which my gp as i told you thought i had at the time by making these smoothies and these smoothies consisted of a bag of kale two cups of chia seeds um, kiwi fruit ra raspberries or other fruit and then three tablespoons of turmeric powder three okay. times a day yeah okay how is that possible they picked the, the highest oxalate things that exist like what you got it and if you go to follow this particular physician i'm, I'm not going to name right now but she's still touting and, and it's on all social media platforms um she gets raised questions about that all the time and totally dismisses the whole thing and says they're not real plants to this year you know we were able to handle that level of stuff uh you know it's it's not a problem keep chugging away so Unfortunately, at the time I listened and three meals a day, I was firing those things back, mixing them up, blending them and chugging them back. And it, it literally nearly killed me. I can tell you, I was bleeding continuously out. I was losing, continuing to lose weight. I was bedridden 127 pounds and scared for my life. And the pandemic had hit. I had lost my job, lost my insurance. 
And it was incumbent on me to try and figure out a way out to live, literally to live. I, myself and my family were scared. I was dying. I literally was. I couldn't think, couldn't move. Terrible. Wow. Was your, was your wife experiencing similar health declines? No, she was, she was lucky. She never went on that smoothie kick. Um, she was, she's her, she's pretty resilient and she had just noticed things like a little bit of the mental side, um, her, you know, female uh, cycle being interrupted a little bit more skin, not as, as good. So it wasn't as severe as mine, but definitely noticed some things going back a little But She was, she was doing okay. Okay. So, so you really think that it was the smoothie that played this huge uh, part in, in the, in the, uh, in the de- deterioration. Oh, I have no doubt that all the diet leading up to that contributed, but that was sort of the proverbial the, straw that broke the camel's back. Okay, that that, yeah. that was like the real kicker. Okay, I get that. Yeah, that was the na- the nail in the coffin of my vegan diet and almost my own. Got it. Um. So, and, and then you say that you ended up losing your job. Can you go delve into the specifics of why that happened and how the, the veganism like caused that in in a way? Well, leading up to, so we're now at 2019, sort of November, December, right prior to the pandemic. And I had been complaining and going back and forth to my GP at this point. My brain fog was unrelenting. I was having severe fibromyalgia aches and pains throughout my body. It was terrible. My thyroid was swinging. I couldn't concentrate. So I, I went on disability for at de- in December of 2019, um, went up to visit my folks in the US, um, ended up going into hospital there having CT scans just to check. I didn't have any uh, growths or tumors in my abdomen, which thank goodness I didn't, but they still couldn't figure out what was going on. Come back, um, still out of work on disability. Then the pandemic hits. And because I was relatively new to the position that I held at that company, um, you know, the, I was in uh, work in HVAC, which is air conditioning, ventilation um, and heating. And with in Bermuda, the industry is very small. The hotels and restaurants got shuttered. So a lot of their recurring, a lot of their recurring income walked right out the door. So all that recurring income just left, you know, the repairs, the maintenance on all the HVAC and the hotels and restaurants was big money. And because I was relatively new to the position, they looked at people with tenure in the company and said, unfortunately, we're going to have to lay a bunch of people off. And I was one of them, sadly. Hmm. Yeah. So that's how I ended up losing the job and insurance. I see. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so crazy that, um, that just veganism had this effect. I mean, it, in a sense, it's not, it, it's, it's understandable, but even having done these interviews for like, I think a month or two now. Um, and I, I've heard a lot. It's still so crazy to me having lived um, in this world where we're told that a plant-based diet is good for you. And you, not even that, that alone, but just the idea that diet is not really having this profound of an impact on your life as uh, I've understood it. It does. And even even when you describe the situation to me, having heard several similar ones, it just always comes as a shock. Like this, we really have got it wrong. I mean, what are your thoughts on the whole medical system? Has this sort of situation served to frustrate you and make you almost resent the the, the current standard of, of care? Uh, that's a great question. Um, the answer in a short form is yes, because I got really frustrated that I wasn't getting the answers or... I was simply, um, your listeners should be aware. So I initially had a GP from the time I was a child and I went to that doctor initially and was getting absolutely nowhere, told me it was all in my head and said that I need to go on antidepressants, which I had never needed before in my life. So I ended up firing that GP, uh, getting a new GP who is much younger and sort of with modern medicine and still not as open to diet being the issue, but at least when I went over to the keto way of eating, which is the next step in my journey, was more understanding and said, okay, I think this will be a good way. Let's find out and see what happens. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, my view on medicine now is completely changed. And, you know, I don't blame the doctors entirely because there's a few of them out there, as we know, that are doing the right thing. However, they they just haven't been taught and never really schooled on this and when they went to med school right you know we, we've heard them speak on it we've heard dr baker talk about it we've heard dr barry talk about it he was never taught nutrition and um the whole medical model is flawed uh, you know the whole system needs to just be revamped it's terrible man the amount of yeah. time they give you 
you have to sit in the doctor's office. I literally was in that first doctor's office. I can remember. And he would have the secretary ring exactly at the 10 minute mark to let him know to cut off whatever you're saying and get out so they could get on to the next patient. It was awful. It's terrible. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I still to this day kind of grapple with the idea of, well, do we blame them or not? Because on one hand, I mean, sure, they're they're taught to uh, prescribe medicine and they're taught to follow a very certain protocol and not really deviate from that. But on the other hand, I kind of question, do they have an obligation to search for, for the truth, to understand that the system that basically uh, relays their knowledge onto them is one that's motivated by money, big industry? Uh, so, you know, I, I, I that's something that I sort of struggle with. Like, do doctors have this moral obligation to search past what, what they've been told for the sake of bettering human health? I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, it's a good it's a good um, thing to think about for sure. I know that, you know, I, I firmly believe that for trauma and critical care, I mean, the United States is the place you want to be in the world if you have anything, if God forbid you got into an accident or lost a limb or needed a replacement organ. But in terms of long term care, it is just just not the way it should be, is it? I mean, and and, and the way the doctors you know, have been trained and are, are to look at it. I mean, we have to really look at why we're getting, why, why are we calling it now the sick care system, not the healthcare system? Why are this, why are we becoming sicker now? Look, you look no further than the diet. There's so many examples out there of what we put in our mouths and the people that are just getting sicker and sicker. You've interviewed a bunch of them. It's, you know, crazy. Yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. So you, you realize that this vegan thing is, is not working and you start searching for alternatives. Uh, can you mm-hmm. describe that journey to me? Cause um, just, you know, I, there was a point where I uh, was like tried vegan for like a, a week. I, I literally could not do it. I couldn't do it. I, I, I was, I was too weak for it. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and, but what I noticed was if you want to search for plant-based diets, there's 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 some convincing stuff out there. I mean, you can easily get stuck in that that sort of way of uh, thinking because that is the sort of way of thinking that predominates the media, predominates YouTube and articles. So it was very easy to just get caught in that and getting out of it. It wasn't too difficult once you actually find that space. Like once you find a select few people, you can and you start getting recommended their videos rather than the vegan videos. It's like the algorithm caters to what you're searching for, obviously. So yeah, so just just describe that uh, getting out of veganism and in, in your research and stuff. Sure, it's an absolutely great point, Joey. And you know, for the listeners that haven't delved into why there's so much plant based stuff out there right now and the agendas behind it, it is an unbelievable rabbit hole to go down. And I went down it after I started healing myself because I'm like, this is this is crazy. People like Nina Teicholtz, the big fat surprise, yeah. you know, looking looking at the Seventh Day Adventists and how they've infiltrated a lot of the decision making process in our dietary guidelines all over the world. It's absolutely crazy. The vilification of saturated fat and and meat in general. And yeah, there wasn't a ton of stuff. And so my wife, God bless her, because I literally could do nothing else at the time, but lay in bed because I was too weak, fatigued and sick to do anything else said, well, why don't you listen to some podcasts? And I had never listened to podcasts prior to that. Um, And so I started searching around on the internet, um, went to YouTube and typed in, you know, plant-based diets, are they bad for you? Uh, Severe symptoms of eating too many plants. And I came across Sally Norton and uh, her presentation on YouTube called Lost Seasonality and the Overconsumption of Plants. And that one presentation changed my life. And I've Mm. talked about it before because what Sally did was go into the fact in that presentation that Plants aren't all they're cracked up to be. We have bred plants now out of their seasonal heritage to be always available in supermarkets. They're hybridized and we're eating them all the time as supposed to, as opposed to, excuse me, if we did include them in our diet ancestrally, only having them in certain seasonality contexts or medicinally. And it just triggered a thought in me. I must've listened to it three or four times. And I thought to myself, hold on, what am I listening to? So not only are we eating too many of these plants, but they also have these defense chemicals in them like oxalate, phytates, lectins, et cetera, that are doing our body harm. And so then I delved deeper and searched her and found carnivore cast. And I went back and I listened with, with Scott Maslinski and list, listened to every single episode of his. 
And then I found Dr. Baker on Rogan, um, which so many uh, now carnivores have done so and past vegans, right? Because it's a seminal moment, really him going on Rogan with Rogan's reach. Um, so many people have come across that presentation. And, you know, initially, as many of the past vegans do, they go, this guy's got to be nuts. Uh, you can't eat just meat all day. But what it did is it opened the thought process for me that I might have been doing this wrong. And I should probably add back in some animal based foods in my diet. Yeah, cool. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I had a similar thing. Um, I, I it's kind of a crazy moment when you get that first video and everything sort of clicks. Like I, I do, I do. Uh, I don't remember the exact video that um, sort of stimulated that feeling, but I remember the feeling, and it was just like a jaw dropping. Oh my god, this is unbelievable! Yeah, it's 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 really crazy. Okay, so you then start realize that plants might be bad, and what's the next course of action? Sure. So the next thing I did was I really delved into the oxalate side with Sally and uh, quite deeply. I wanted to understand more about oxalates, how they form, how they can be excreted from the body. Um, and I first started to lower my oxalate intake of plant foods. So that was one of the first things I did. Um, I said, okay, this will be the first stage. I had already geared myself up to the fact that I was going to add some animal foods back in, but I wasn't quite ready to cross that bridge yet. Yeah. And it helped. It helped. I noticed, I, I noticed, you know, in a couple of weeks that you know, my digestion was a little bit better. My brain fog was a little improved, but still nowhere near where I needed it to be. So finally, I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to, today's the day. I just uh, band-aid, rip it off. Let's go. And I started by adding back in fish because it was the most recently known animal food that I had had in my system. And I, I got some local fish and then some salmon, things like that. And threw them on the barbecue and, and, and ate them. And the rest, as they say, is history. Um, mm. I didn't add back in red meat right away. I took my time because what I did find out was I was struggling to, to digest meat. Yeah. What, ha what happens is being a long-term vegetarian and vegan, your body starts losing some of the enzymatic processes that break down the proteins and amino acids in meat and you need support. Um, so those are some of the things I, if your listeners are vegetarian or vegan and are thinking of coming over or have just transitioned over and are still finding troubles, you may have to supplement with some hydrochloric acid or some digestive enzymes, especially if you've been long-term vegan or vegetarian like myself. My gallbladder, uh, Joey, was not fat adapted at all. So I was going into a more keto style diet to begin with and adding things like avocado and coconut manna, which is coconut fat. Mm -hmm. And man, I went from the complete opposite of the spectrum, some severe constipation to, you know, the opposite of diarrhea nonstop. And it was, yeah. yeah but uh, so, and I didn't learn about the enzymatic and acid stomach acid needing to come back up, especially as you get older, you lose that ability to create that stomach acid. Um, so it was an important step for me too, to get that back in. Cool. Yeah, I've heard that a couple times where vegans, um, long-term vegans add a piece of meat and yeah. they simply can't digest it because they've lost the enzymes required to. And yeah. then it's just sort of corroborates their uh, desire to continue being vegan. And it's like, oh, it's just, it, it's so unfortunate. Um, that, that's, because, a, that's a yeah, it's pretty that's common. A, that's a great point. Great point. Sorry to interrupt you. I was, I was, um, I had talked to a few people before who actually reached that stage ate it said look i gave it a shot my body couldn't digest it i i, I digested i felt terrible so i gave up i'm like no you're so yeah. close you're so yeah. close to, to to the promised land yeah, yeah. so it was so, good yeah cool. go ahead sorry Jerry. No, no 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 problem so 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 you tr start eating a little bit of fish um i've heard some people describe uh the, their first bite of meat after a few years of veganism as like the the awe moment like a crazy feeling how, how did you start feeling once you added in the, the fish oh man it um i'll tell you what it was certainly more delicious than the plants i had been eating up until that point yeah i i really tried to take my time and just enjoy the process as much as i could there was some cognitive dissonance it was it was difficult for me to take those first couple of bites i, I remember putting the fork to my mouth and going here we go come on you can do this and once I did it, it got over that and just sort of aligned my values and realized that, you know, I was doing this to be healthier, to live, to prosper and get out of the situation I was in. It was, it was a relatively easy thing. Once I took those first couple of meals of adding meat back in certainly more delicious than the plants foods. I could tell you that. And 
as I've said before, um, a day or two later of adding even just the fish back in, I could feel my brain fog starting to just lift a little bit. It was pretty amazing, to be honest with you. Cool. It's awesome. Okay. So eventually you start to go, go even less on the plant. So you, you go keto at some point. Why did you decide to do that? And, and what enabled you to continue cutting out the plants? Was it just continually watching more of these videos that are just pushing you further and further into it? Yeah, absolutely. You got, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I started to feel better and better. And I realized my digestion was becoming more and more improved, the less plants that I had in my diet. So I, I started going, you know, cutting down to the low oxalate uh, vegetables and then and eventually eliminated the vegetables. Then I went down to the low oxalate fruits, including avocados and, you know, blueberries and bananas and melons and grapes, those type of things, and had those for a while. And then eventually, through everything I listened to and heard, realized that, hey, I want to give this a shot for a little while where I just have nothing but animal foods in my diet and did so. And it was a game changer, man, for it was a game changer for a while. It was really good, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I we're, we're sort of on um alternate alter, like inverse paths almost because yeah. I started with meat and fruit. So I did meat and fruit for about six months and it was so good. I mean, it, it was probably, it was like the biggest improvement I've ever had in my health in my life because the, the, the obviously the transition from plant-based keto to meat and fruit is going to be greater of a transition than for meat and fruit to just only meat. I, I did see an improvement when I went only meat, but it was no nowhere near as drastic as the first one. So I can say that that six months, it was just the greatest improvement in my health that I will ever experience in my life. There's no way I can, I can, <laughs> I can uh, beat that. But um, yeah, and then I, I've done only carnivore for about six, seven months now. And I feel really good on it. I'm just getting into experimenting with other stuff, varying amounts of dairy, raw dairy, how I do it, deal with pasteurized, just sort of being my own lab rat, if you will. And you're, you're doing the same thing. You're, you're experimenting with adding in uh, some fruit. How is that going for you? And, and why are you interested in adding fruit? Yeah. So part of the journey, the good thing that was that I did do keto for a little while and, you know, my body was craving the fat. It was just insane. I remember, yeah. you know, I didn't add in dairy right away, but I did add in some meat and I did add in some uh, plant-based fats. I was talked about the avocados and the coconut manna, which is the raw coconut fat. I would literally eat like four or five avocados in a sitting coconut manna, eat the whole jar. My body, I was craving fat so much. And um, I'm glad that I did that because it allowed me to become a little bit more fat adapted early on. So when I went full carnivore, it wasn't as crazy as a transition as some people are used to, but it did take a good few months when I finally cut everything out. What I came to find out and notice is that, um, you know, as many do, I had a lot of electrolyte imbalances to begin with because, you know, you're urinating a lot you're peeing out a lot of the excess water weight um so you got to make sure your your electrolytes are balanced during that transition phase um and i still had some lingering pain going on that would come in sort of waves from every couple of weeks and i didn't know where they were coming from and come to find out when you eat that high oxalate background of food that i had is that you know they as i like to say they go in not very fun because they don't taste very great but they come out twice as painful it's really horrible the way they get expelled. And we only have certain ways that we can get them out through the urine, through the skin, through the saliva, through the sweat, and then through the stool. Hmm. And they can cause a myriad of symptoms, which almost mimic, um, you know, a lot of people's conditions beforehand. So the oxalate dumping, as it's ca called, is something that I'll probably continue to battle as I, I go on. And Sally Norton, God bless her, who's the expert in the area, along with a few others, uh, Susan Owens, Elliot Overton, they all... Uh, prescribe, you know, making sure you add back in a little bit of the low to medium oxalate foods to try and stop, stop, excuse me, this dumping process, because it can be quite painful and sometimes even end, end you up in hospital if it's really bad, you know, think kidney stones forming, um, you know, severe fibromyalgia, um, you know, you're, you get headaches, all these type of things, because these crystals are, go your body's going, thank God you stopped all the bombing, all the eating of those plant defense chemicals. We now have a chance to get it all out. And here they come, you know, those, those crystals, the rapides, as they're known as start coming out stool, urine, sweat. Is this, is this almost the equivalent to titrating off a medication? Like you got it. 
Okay. So you're just consuming less of the toxic stuff so you can wean off it and and not deal with all the just the boom, just the, the pain at once. Um, is, is it, so so you're not adding fruit for the sake of like thinking it's optimal for nutrition. You're adding it to make the oxalidomy easier. Or do you think fruit is actually has a place in, in, in the diet? You know, my, the jury's still out on that for me, Joe, I'll be honest with you. Um, but for me right now, it's to the main goal is to assist with the dumping system, uh, symptoms, excuse me. And yeah, as you say, it's kind of like titrating down. Uh, the process can literally take years. I think Sally said she's on her almost ninth year and is finally seeing the full rewards of going mm. low to no oxalid after that time. The first couple of years for those that transition from plant-based to carnivore tend to be the worst because your body's really just getting rid of those uh, quite quickly going hallelujah, as I mentioned, and you really have to be careful. Um, so sometimes you even have to have to add in much to your mental um, dismay, add in some high foods again, just to stop the dumping process in its tracks. Some things like um, black tea, for instance, which isn't carnivore is really strong in, in, excuse me, high in oxalate. So you can double tea bag that and drink that down. And that usually within the hour will stop the terrible symptoms that some people feel. Um, and they can be quite severe, as I mentioned, but as far as the fruit question, I know it's a huge one right now in the carnivore community. Um, whether or not it's ancestrally appropriate, um, I don't know. I think we, I think seasonally, we probably gravitated towards eating fruit. Um, Definitely. And, I, and I think, you know, those that can tolerate it and can get good seasonal fruit where they're from, why not? I mean, I'm using it now. And the simple fact is it's delicious. It really is. I know there's, you know, they talk about fruit sugars versus regular sugar and honey and all these things, but uh, yeah, it's kind of really divided a lot of the carnivore community recently, hasn't it? It has, it has, but uh again if the like the hadza for example they have this hierarchy of foods of like foods that they would eat preferentially and fruit and honey are up there along with the meat so it's not like um natural hunter gatherers would ever avoid fruit and, and just if you just think about it logically i mean if we're in nature and there's a, a tree of sweet fruit we're going to eat that fruit uh, always because it, you know it just makes sense it's, it has a good taste I think it's it's a bit of a nuanced topic and it's highly variable depending on your physiology, your background, your activity level as well. I mean, maybe Paul Saladino is experiencing so many benefits because he's so active and somebody who's more sedentary wouldn't. It, it's, it's really hard to say, but I found I found as well, I talk about this sometimes, but every couple of weeks, sometimes I'll crave, I'll crave a piece of fruit. And this is not the sugar cravings that are just coming as an extension of eating sugar my whole life. Those are gone. Those were done yeah. after the first couple of weeks. These are cravings for something else. And I think, so, so I mean, I honor them. I, I, eat, I do eat fruit on occasion. I'm doing it more now than I've done in the past. Just, just basically because I, I feel like I, I like it. I have some fruit in, in raw yogurt sometimes. It's not really an issue for me, but yeah, like I said, I just think it's uh, I think the jury uh, still out, still out on this one. Like you said, still, still hard to know for sure. Yeah, I I agree with you, Joey. I mean, I I feel for Dr. Saladino in a way because you know he is so well known in the carnivore community, and I've listened to your prior podcast and you talking about how you first found him, and he was a great influence on you becoming a carnivore. Yeah. And he's been ostracized by so many because of his. Um, adding back in fruit and honey and more animal based but i i still i still am of of the belief that we all need to be our own n of one and experiment for ourselves i do believe ancestrally we we have an optimal diet but that diet can include various things for various various people sure. um you know i'm sort of a case in point a lot of ex-vegans are case in points that are dealing with this oxalate toxicity it you cannot just go cold turkey on them. It can be very dangerous for people and they need to look at that and investigate it. It, it. You have to add back in these foods or it can be serious. And, you know, we don't want to be food police here, do we, Joey? I mean, I, I don't want to be a carnivore police and going around looking for people. I had too much of that crap in the vegan world. Oh my God, what are you doing? You're thinking you're, you're adding this back in, you're adding fish. Oh God, you're excommunicated from the community. You're a horrible person. You know, all that stuff, you know, you were, you're, you never really loved animals or cared for animals or the planet. It's, 
it's terrible. I mean, we just need to lift each other up, support each other's decisions and, and see, let people see how they're going to feel as they go along on their journey. We can make recommendations from our own experiences, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's no point in, in uh, retracting someone's carnivore card because they add a little <laughs> fruit. Like it's, it's just, but, but like you said in the beginning, I mean, carnivore community is becoming somewhat dogmatic. I mean, I was on scrolling through carnivore Reddit at one point and it's like r slash carnivore just just the main carnivore subreddit and just i was looking for for something uh in, in particular and somebody mentions that they're adding fruit or doing something and then the carnivore moderators get in there and they say this is a place for people who only eat meat nothing else and um you know this is a, a group with like sixty thousand people or something and i'm just i was just thinking you know why why do they need to to, to do that so yeah it's definitely a I, I don't like seeing it being so dogmatic. I mean, we're all here trying to learn. We all have found that it's animal based, you know, being the right way. And, and I, right. I'm so, I'm so proud of you, Joey. I just got to say this now for all your listeners, because I wish that I knew what you know now at your age. I wish I knew then you're doing a tremendous service to people uh, that are your age that may be out there at this stage of their life um and just keep up the great work man and you the way you are framing this whole thing is perfect because it's allowing people to hear others experiences formulate their own opinions and then come in a very calm and easy manner towards the carnivore diet because once you investigate the historical aspects of this diet once you feel the benefits yourself when you add animal meats back in you cannot you cannot go back. You've said it eloquently so many times before. You don't have people that went from vegan to carnivore, then go back again. It just does not happen. It just doesn't. Right. It, it really doesn't. I, it's so telling, too. It's so powerful that all these vegans switch back to eating meat when there's such few animal products in existence, thousands of plant foods, such like 10 animal products. And they need that 0.001% of the foods that are available because that food is not because they're addicted to it. It's because your body requires it. It's just, it's, it's, it's such a simple idea. Um, I've, I have another question that sort of came to mind. A lot of the vegans that I speak to, they become really involved in that community, just highly immersed in it. They're uh, communicating with all these other vegans and they're on the reddits and in group chats and all that. I was wondering if this was the case for you and if you experienced some, some pushback when you decided to add in that fish after a few years. You know, it's a good question. Um, looking back on my time as a vegan, um, I, w I was not one of the quote unquote pushy ones. I okay. simply, I announced I was all over my social media handles uh, I had or not handles, but just my uh, platforms, sort of Instagram and Facebook. All my friends and family knew I was vegan. I would make posts about the fact how I thought it was better for the planet and my health was getting better, but I never really forced it upon anyone. I saw too many of, of my other fellow vegans going the wrong route, in my opinion, and really attacking the meat-based eaters at the time. I never, I never, and I still to this day, as your listeners probably can source by now, as I'm not that type of person. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough out there. I, I, when I first made the transition back, no, I, you know, honestly, I didn't, I didn't get a lot of pushback. I just lost followers. I don't think that they're like, okay, well, this guy's gone to the dark side, probably in their own opinion, but um, now that I'm out there more and speaking on social media platforms, because uh, I, I just want to get the word out there. Uh, people can believe or not believe what I have to say, um, but I just want to make sure that like myself, if anyone's out there and they're suffering, I was in a deep, dark hole, Joey, and I had no recourse other than to just figure it out on my own and podcasts literally saved me. So I said to my, when, if, and when I heal myself, I'm going to get myself out there, irregardless of how people feel and just put my story out. And thank you again for having me for being able to do that. And I've noticed the recent ones that I've done, some of the comments in underneath there, you know, you got to have pretty thick skin because there's all, oh, he's got to be lying. He was never doing the vegan diet right to begin with. It has to be the processed food he was eating. It's never the vegan diet. I'm vegan for 40 years now and I'm doing great. And I, okay, I'm, <laughs> um, that's good for you. But please believe me when I tell you at some point, the chickens will come home to roost. Maybe not now, but they will. I don't mm. wish that on anyone. And if you're thriving now and don't want to change, hey, go for it, man. Just, you know, do do you. But I just want to warn people out there that this 
is a very real thing. The more and more people I talk to and the more and more people hear my story and write me back, it's, it's similar across so many lines of people's trajectories on the vegan diet that by that fifth year, things start not to get, get so good health, excuse me, health wise for them. And um, their health goes off a cliff as mine did. Hmm. You brought, you brought up an interesting point. Is, is, is this the way to do it where you don't force it on people, but you let them get to a point in their life where they don't have much of a choice and it's just such a powerful catalyst that they're forced to search as you were. I mean, you were at a really, really low point and, and you ended up finding this. Do we just let people get to that point or do we push this on people and say, start eating animals? That's a really good one. I, I think, especially now with the way the world is post COVID, um, you know, the current economic climate and political climate we find ourselves in any agendas that feel to be pushed, get a lot of pushback. And I think the way you're doing it now, the way people are doing it now and letting people investigate in a very safe space from their own computer at home by listening and not being judged is a great way for especially younger people that may be considering this to just say, okay, uh, and, and for younger people, I, I remember the peer pressure as you were younger and desire, you know, desire to be seen to be doing the popular thing. A lot of people fall victim to that. Now, you're definitely not one of them, and I'm proud of you for it. But there are many people out there that struggle with trying to, as they find who they are at that age. And I think this way is a great way to go about it because it's it's allowing people to just access that information and make informed decisions. And that information getting out there is so huge because as you so greatly put it, it was buried for so many years. The algorithms wouldn't allow you to find it, would they? I mean, yeah. the plant-based, man, you search plant-based stuff, you brrr, there it goes. It would be for days, healthy diet. This is the best thing for the planet. Greta Thunberg, whoever, 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 but nothing on carnivore. There's, right, there's so much plant-based stuff. It's so easy to fall in that hole. It's so easy yeah. and uh, <laughs> the algorithm just keeps you in it. Um, yeah. Also, you have, you have a parent that's a vegetarian. I don't remember if it's your mom or dad. My mom. Your mom. Okay. Is, uh, are, are you going to try, like, how have you tried to get her out of this? I, I like my, my, my mom eats tons of salads. I'm trying to get rid of that. Cause it's, ugh, I, 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 I hate, I, I hate seeing all the, I just imagine the oscillates, what they're doing, but, um, yeah. What, what are you, what are you trying to do with that? I'll share this with you, you and your listeners, Joey, is that as people get older, and as you heard about my story, when you're in a relationship, a committed relationship, it's funny how things work out that you tend to eat the same diet because it's just easier, more convenient. You're shopping the same. Uh, unfortunately, what happens, my dad used to be and enjoys his meats, turkeys and roast beef and things like that. But because my mom's vegetarian, he ended up eating more vegetarian foods and changing his meal patterns. And I've noticed, you know, especially as they're getting older, that their health is not what it should be. It's not optimal. My dad's especially starting. And he, I, I told him the other day, I said, Dad, you've got to add in some animal foods again. This is not the stuff that you enjoyed. And he agreed and he's doing it, which is great. My mom, not so much. Um, it's just she's very disciplined and has remained that way for a long time and firmly believes that's the way she was meant to eat. Because, again, she's tried maybe one or two things dairy wise uh, and it hasn't agreed with her so she gave up or you know whatever it's just sadly like your mom not happening at the minute i hope i hope that she does because she has her own health challenges and i hope that some point soon she does but i'll keep i'll keep making suggestions that's all we can do right yeah okay uh, so yeah this just brings up something an interesting idea that's not really related to uh nutrition in itself but um, do you think because old people are very much stuck in their ways, much more than the young people, is that just a quality of being old people of being old and or is it a more so have to do with uh, is, is, is it like a function of their generation and, and me as an old person, maybe I'll be more my generation will be more open minded than they were. I feel like it might. It's, it's just something that came to my mind. I don't know. I think I think it comes down to your habits over the years. And we get we get ingrained with so many habitual things, don't we? And habits can be hard to break. I know one that I have now is I want to get rid of coffee, man. I can't. I tried. I tried, man. I was cutting down so low half caffeinated beverages, and I just got back from my fiftieth birthday trip to Alaska. And because of the time change difference, man, it was five hours difference. I I just needed the coffee to function in the morning to get out of bed, and I'm back on the train again. But it's my mission to try and cut that sucker out. But habitually too, I love it every day. 
it's not even so much the caffeine, it's the habit of the warm cup in the morning and just sitting for a few minutes. And I say that all to say is that, yeah, older people can be stuck in their ways. I think it's habits that have formed over decades of doing similar things. And it's also a generational thing. My parents, and especially my grandparents that came up, you know, my grandparents were alive during both the world wars. And as my, my dad was born during the second world war, but um, it's, it can be generational and habitual too. So it's a really interesting thing to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think uh, that was, that was an amazing conversation. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Where do we find you and uh, we'll get, what, what's, sure. all, what's all that information? Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the diet, um, you know, the carnivore diet. I want to also let the listeners know there's other things that I did along the way to help. And I cool. know I've heard you talk about them too. Really quickly. I want to talk about the fact that I ground every morning and every evening awesome. barefoot. I know I also like you go for a walk every day, barefoot you and I are, are the people in our neighborhoods that are people <laughs> looking at like we're nuts. Yeah. Um, it's been game. It's been a game changer for me. I get outside every morning and ground look at the sunset sunrise every evening, watch the sunset barefoot go down. And I try and go on that walk. Uh, the other thing is I've been doing a lot of um, infrared sauna. Infrared saunas are particularly good for those that are suffering with oxalate toxicity, sweating them out. Um, also cold plunges, you know, the hormesis, the hermetic stress of that, I found very beneficial. I fill my bathtub with ice. I never bought one. I don't have a lot of money at the minute. So I just got a couple of bags of ice a couple of times a week and throw it in there. It's been really good. Um, and also just stretching, Besides exercise, my wife is a big uh, practitioner of yoga. She got me into doing stretches and things like that. But yeah, there's some other, you know, optimizing sleep too. Big one, big one, getting that sleep hygiene down for people. That's where our body does the repair work. Um, so if you can get, you know, make sure your, your sleep is good. Sometimes I even put that above the diet. Just depends what comes first because sometimes it takes the diet to impact sleep. Um, you can find me, your listeners can find me right now on my Instagram handle, the underscore carnivorist. And um, I've just today signed up for a YouTube channel. So I'm going to get that rocking and rolling really soon. I'm going to get the interviews I've done uh, here with you, Joey, and my past ones up there just to share some clips out of them as well as some um, unique content. And I just want to let your listeners know that there's always hope. There is always hope. If you're coming from a background where you are suffering from ill health and you have tried so many avenues and still can't figure it out, do some, do some research and make sure you try. If you don't try, you'll never know. So many people, as we've talked about today in depth, get stuck at a point where they try something and then give up. You know, do your own research, be your own N of one, experiment, and you can heal. Put your mind to it. The possibility is out there. Um, just use this interview as an example. I, I was in some very dark days. And the last thing I'll say is one of the biggest benefits for me on this diet, besides the digestion, was the mental health. I cannot believe what a change in my mental state has been has come around. I was full of anxiety, depression, not only just because of what was going in my on in my life at the time, but just because I my whole body was um, out of whack. And eating carnivore has completely changed not only my personality but just more calm, more focused, more energy. As you you said one time, you can draw on more words. It feels like you're smarter. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> crazy. In, yeah, instantly, it's unbelievable now. Yeah. Um, and just give it a try. Give your, I tell your listeners, give it a try. You won't be disappointed that you did so and keep tuning into uh, carnivore camaraderie full of good information. I really appreciate you having me today, Joey. Thanks a million. Yes, it's my pleasure and um, have a great rest of your day. It's been great talking to you. Thank you, sir. Best to you and your listeners. Thanks.